1: for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid
0: for your pet. I've begun using a really cool surface from Aviva IQ and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I am hosting this episode with my good friend, Glenn Carter, who is the Director of Marketing of Hostly. Glenn, how's it going?
1: It's going great, Jasper. How are you doing? You still in uh, Taipei?
0: I am still in Taipei. It's been a fun time, although it's been raining a lot, but that's okay. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, finally heating up here in Canada, so I'm uh I'm in my uh my board shorts and a t-shirt, so ready for ready for this podcast.
0: Ready for the summer. Awesome. So before we get started with the news, I have a small announcement because we I decided to uh change it up a little bit. I'm getting a lot of questions from Airbnb hosts. Every day I get several emails and I thought it would be cool to split up the news podcast and to have two sections so the first section is where we discuss the news and then the second section will be where me and my co-host will be answering some of the questions that i've received during the week i figured it'd be fun to do this because sometimes there's just not that much news to talk about and so i thought it'd be interesting so we're gonna we're gonna change this and then see how it goes i'll ask for some feedback from uh, from listeners as well to see if uh, they like the new format, and then we'll take it from there. But first, we will start with the news. The questions will come at the end of the episode. Now, there's actually quite a lot of news this week. I'd say the most important news is that Airbnb is going to implement a new functionality that hosts can use to provide check-in instructions to their guests. So Airbnb came up with this idea because they... They started to allow people to use pictures in the messages. And what they noticed is that a lot of people sent pictures of the door, the lockbox, or anything else that helps the guest understand how they can check in. And I think this is especially important when you're a remote host and there's nobody to actually welcome the guest at the property. I've personally experienced this a couple of times where it's just not completely clear which house is it exactly, which door should I use. Sometimes bigger buildings they have multiple entrances, so I think this, uh, I think it's a great move. You know, it's interesting that there's lots of startups in the Airbnb space, and you know, Hostly is one of them, and they're in the the business of providing guidebooks to guests. And I feel like Airbnb is also starting to implement some of the ideas that these startups have uh, into their own platform, which kind of makes sense. I mean, they've already implemented smart pricing. But before they, they started doing that, there was already a bunch of pricing apps that were helping Airbnb host with that. So I think it's a good, it's a good move. What are your thoughts?
1: I think a lot of people are wondering why uh, Airbnb didn't do this uh, sooner. The check-in process, as you know, can be sloppy and is totally dependent on the host and what else they have going, uh, going on that day. So Airbnb is looking to make the check-in process a lot more seamless and accessible. And as you mentioned, something that we are hostfully of our, you know, we've been doing this uh, with our guidebooks uh, for some time now. So I think the time is uh, is definitely uh, right for Airbnb to do this. Um, and hosts have to opt in uh, for this new feature and they can put together, like you said, a step by step guide on what guests need to know related to check. in. you know, that can be which door to enter, you know, where a lock, lock box is located, all that kind of stuff. The only challenge I see is this this might not be well-suited for hosts who either work with a vacation rental management company or those who advertise their listing on multiple plat- platforms like you know, VRBO, HomeAway, Airbnb has an estimated... I think I read in uh, Skift recently that they have 100 million professionally managed listings out of their total of about 3 million listings. So that's a, th- a 3 to 1 ratio. So guest experience consistency is hard when your check-in experience is limited to those book through only airbnb you know hosts can certainly try to mimic the user experience with other tools or a welcome email if they're using other uh, booking platforms but then you need to keep track of two or three check-in processes and deals so it's a headache for hosts or property manager managers who have to manage the check-in process through airbnb airbnb's app and then there's a separate one through you know homeways app or vrbo or an email or or all that kind of stuff but i think overall it's the right move and uh, it's going to certainly simplify the check-in process.
0: Right, and so Airbnb is rolling out this new check ins instruction tool across the globe this month. So stay on the lookout for this new functionality. They'll probably start in a few markets and then they will slowly roll it out to diff- to other markets as they usually do and you never really know where they're going to start. So it's a kind of a surprise. There's also some news from Canada from Toronto, your homeland. Toronto is proposing some new rules for short-term rentals. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. Anytime that we can sort of clarify the legal gray area that the sharing economy more generally tends to operate in, I think that's a good thing. I think this is you know happening amidst a backdrop of major cities across the globe working with Airbnb or legislators to try and implement common sense sharing economy re- regulations, particularly now with home sharing. Yeah, so Toronto, like you mentioned, the mayor has proposed new rules for short-term rentals. And this is not just for Airbnb, but short-term rentals in general. The city's municipal licensing and standards division released um, a bunch of new proposals uh, today. They've been consulting with uh, citizens for months on this and uh, the new rules aren't in place yet. So they have to be voted on by, by city council still, but the Essentially, it boils down to if you're not renting out your the place you live in, then you won't be allowed to rent out. So it's got to be... It's it's really what other municipalities are tackling that you have to be renting out the house that's your primary residence. And it's going to amend zoning by, bylaws as well to create separate categories for these short term rentals, which is probably an initial step to start, to start taxing them, which isn't a big surprise. So yeah, I'm not too sure how it's going to go with people. They're really... I mean, with other municipalities. They're cracking down on these commercial operators. And they keep talking about these commercial operators. I don't know how widespread it actually is. Toronto seems to be towing the same lines that they're trying to discourage you know, people turning current long-term rental units into Airbnb units or buying condos or properties solely for the purpose of renting them out on Airbnb, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. But yeah, so that, that's where we're at in Toronto.
0: Awesome. We'll keep an eye on how that's going in the near future. Some good news from Japan, they passed a law that legalizes Airbnb and all our sharing economy rentals. So that's some, some good news on the regulation front for Airbnb. It allows homeowners to let out their property to paying guests for up to 180 days per year, which is quite significant. It's quite uh, high compared to some other places like Amsterdam, London, Paris, New York, those places where you can uh, the, the rules are much stricter. Amsterdam is 60 days. I believe London is 90. Pretty good rules in place there in uh, in Japan. It's one of Airbnb's top 10 markets worldwide with about 5 million people using its service in the country over the, over the past uh, 12 months. That's good. A little headwind for Airbnb. Another article that came out on TechCrunch talks about Mr. B&B. Have, have you heard of Mr. B&B, Glenn?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Okay. So Mr. b is the Airbnb for the gay and lesbian community. It's been around for a while, and uh, right now, it it actually has a hundred thousand hosts in one hundred and thirty five countries. So it's you know it's, it's not uh, not that small anymore. But it uh, it's recently raised eight and a half million dollars to build out their platform. And the article kind of discusses whether there's a place for little niche players like Mister B and B platforms that focus on a very specific crowd. The writer of Argo uh, argues that there may actually be a place for these platforms as the market obviously is quite huge for short-term accommodations. I think that's true. The only, the only challenge is that you, know, you don't want the market to get too fragmented because, because then there's not going to be enough demand on each single platform. And also, it's going to be more challenging for hosts to list on all these different platforms. I think in the end, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these niche platforms will survive. But at the same time, I don't think there can be too many.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you, uh, Jasper. I think too much fragmentation is just—it's going to get messy. I think with the Mister Mister B and B, it's called.
0: Yep, it's Mister B and B. The
1: the amount of money they raise is quite substantial, so that's uh, that's definitely good to see uh, other players entering uh, entering the field. And uh, I think they've are they already have quite a bit of users on their platform, like you mentioned. So it's it's always good when you see uh, that kind of competition coming in the market because they're really yes homeaway and vrbo but uh, seeing a couple other uh, sort of niche players come in is always is always good to see just to go back quickly on the the japan thing one thing i didn't know is that japan is the most popular market in in the asia pacific region and I, and this is before the the legalization announcement today and you know airbnb claims that uh, it's it's hosts in that country have boosted the economy by 8 billion dollars just last year in in 2016 so that's that's huge especially Japan's had some huge economic troubles for decades with, with stagnant growth and an aging population and significant urbanization. So home sharing is the perfect way for for people to earn some much needed extra income and bring in more tourist dollars than than it already is. So I think I think the decision makers in, in Japan, uh, you know, the the Abe government are are very forward thinking. I think they're also considering the rugby cup there in, in a couple of years and they're also hoping uh, hosting the the twenty twenty Olympics. So I think they're they're thinking ahead on that one.
0: Absolutely. Another news item that's that's been in the news quite a bit is Airbnb is helping a lot of refugees getting accommodation across the world. Now they have their Airbnb Open Homes project. Now this project aims to connect vacation rental owners with organizations that help refugees to find a temporary place to stay. And so, you know, you can sign up for the open home project at airbnb.com slash welcome slash refugees. And what you can do is you can specify how often you would like to help refugees, how often you would like to provide housing to refugees. And you can also specify what type of costs you're most passionate about so that Airbnb will then sort of match the cost, the type of refugee with the cost that you are most passionate about. So I think that's that's a great uh, initiative. It makes a lot of sense too with Airbnb having about 3 million listings worldwide they're, they're in a really good position to to provide help because you know a lot of times people aren't renting out full time uh, sometimes they're not allowed to rent out full time and so I'm sure there's still a lot of empty space that's not necessarily being used and so I think this is a great way for for hosts to to say you know what every month I'm going to I'm going to take like 5 days and I'm going to use those days to to help a refugee
1: yeah, no, this is a fantastic initiative all around. I, you know, there's no, no, nothing negative to say about this. And it solves so many logistic issues that are inherent in humanitarian effort. The fact that Airbnb already has this established platform, they have, you know, like you mentioned, these 3 million listings, and surely there are very charitably focused uh, hosts out there who would, would be happy to provide that kind of service. I think as of now, they have something like uh, 6,000 listings on the Open Homes program, but I ex- expect that to skyrocket after some good uh, publicity. What surprised me about this, uh, Jasper, is that the 6,000 current listings, over half of those are offered by individuals who are not uh, existing Airbnb hosts. So these are just people who want to offer their placing as charitable effort, aren't actually Airbnb hosts earning, earning an income on the platform.
0: Right. That's, uh, that's interesting indeed. Right now, there's a lot of refugees in in Greece. There's a lot of people fleeing from uh, the Middle East, especially Syria. And Airbnb is aiming to help 35,000 refugees in Greece to find a temporary place to stay. So, this is, you know, those are very significant numbers. Uh, It's a great initiative. Hosts. Does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. Now I can sit back and relax, knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. All right, let's move into what are we going to do? Are we going to answer questions or is there any other news that we should discuss?
1: No, I think we can. uh, The only other thing I saw that was probably worth mentioning is the. there was data out recently about home sharing stimulating the Michigan economy. And it mentioned, uh, that more than $25 million was brought in through platforms like uh, Airbnb in, in 2016 and about 200,000 visitors. So I think it just, this is nothing new to, to people like you and I, but I think this is just another one in the, the, the pro column of, of home sharing that, you know, boosting tourism and local economies is, is definitely, it's, 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 it's a hard argument to, to have uh, now with all this data coming in now about uh, stimulating state level economies, uh, economies, So that's something else I think that was worth uh, noting.
0: Awesome, thank you for that contribution. So now let's dive into the listeners' questions. So again, I, g- I get a lot of emails from uh, from listeners, and that's partly because when you sign up for my newsletter at getpaidforyourpet.com, I'll send you some uh, some information about you know how to host on Airbnb, some tips and tricks. And then I also sent an email that basically asked people what they need help with. And so a lot of people respond to that email. And in, uh, in this section of the podcast, gonna, we're going to answer some of those questions. So the first question that we're going to uh, discuss is a question submitted by Simao, And he has actually two questions. He is asking a question about how to overcome family resistance to embrace an Airbnb commitment. So, his situation is that they have a country house, but he's not the sole owner. He's sharing that with his mom and his brother, and they are not necessarily very enthusiastic about the idea of hosting random people from the internet. And so, the question is, you know, how do you convince your family? How do you make them feel comfortable with this? So, here's here's what I think. Here's my thoughts, and then I'll I'll let you share your thoughts as well, Glenn. I think the first thing that you can do is to make them become familiar with Airbnb, right? Because when most people, they're scared of new things, they're scared of the unknown. And so one way to do that is to take them on a little trip and rent somebody else's Airbnb. So they get to experience what Airbnb is like, what what Airbnb is about. And I think that will definitely make them feel more comfortable because in fact, a lot of people start hosting on Airbnb because they use it during their travels first. I'm actually an example of that as well. And so I think that's a good idea. The other thing is, you know, anything that you can do to make them feel more comfortable, well, I'd say listen to some podcast episodes, listen to some stories from, from other people around the world who've uh, who've also maybe been hesitant to, to give it a try and who, who ended up having great experiences. I would say, you know, share a few podcast episodes with them so that they can hear, okay, there's, you know, other people are doing this and it's generally a very positive experience. So those are the two things that, that come to, to my mind. What what are your thoughts, Len?
1: I hadn't thought of the first one there. Going on an Airbnb trip—that sounds like a fantastic piece of advice. And uh, hey, you get a you get a family trip out of it, so I definitely suggest that. Two quick things. I think I think being very clear about the accountability mechanisms that are built into to Airbnb. So that's the that's the insurance side of it, and that's the ratings side of it. So maybe taking your family members on a virtual tour of Airbnb listings and what the ratings actually mean and and how that provides a certain level of comfort to to hosts that you know if if someone wants to rent out your place and they have 65 star ratings as a guest you know you can be pretty darn sure that hosting a stranger quote unquote is especially if you're a particular generation can be disconcerting but i think if you're clear about exactly what goes on on these platforms this isn't just the wild west where you know some random person who you don't know don't know their name can rent your place Another thing I found, and this is uh, on the financial side of, of things, showing people the income potential. You know, uh, there's there's some really good tools out there. Uh, Air Air DNA is one that I use for for getting uh, pricing data. You can actually input your your city, and it'll give you uh, analytics about the the average income of various uh, property types in that city. So you can even give an overview of you know this is the kind of return we can expect on. Um, on renting at our place on Airbnb. So that, that tends to push people over the edge if they see that, oh, wow, we can, you know, there's all this extra income that that, that we could have. So yeah, th- those would be my thoughts, Jasper.
0: That's awesome advice, Len. Thank you. Let's go into the second question. He's mentioning that he's planning to have a minimum of a free night stay. And the reason that he wants to implement that is because, you know, he, he says it's a little bit too much hassle to do shorter stays, so stays of one or two nights it's a lot of hassle with the check-in and the cleaning, et cetera. And I understand that. uh, I used to have a two-night minimum for the same reason when I started on Airbnb. Would this mean that the the listing will get get penalized in the search results? So Simao is worried that if he does put the three-night minimum, that he's going to lose out on a lot of bookings because Airbnb is going to punish his listing and put it lower in the search results. I don't think that Airbnb directly punishes hosts who use a minimum stay and so what i mean by that is you know let's say somebody searches for a place on airbnb for a stay of three days and and longer so in that case simao's listing would show up i don't think that airbnb will penalize his listing versus other listings that would also host people for one or two days However, what I will say is in the search results, I think one important factor in determining the search results is how many bookings do you get and how many reviews do you get? That's definitely an important factor. And so if you don't host people for one or two days, you're naturally going to have longer stays. And so that means like fewer bookings and fewer reviews. And you're obviously also directly missing out on some potential bookings, like people who want to stay one or two nights, you're obviously missing out on those. So it just means fewer bookings, fewer reviews. And that will have an influence on the position in your search results. So I think it's a personal choice. I recommend uh, people who are starting out to definitely start with a one-day minimum, so basically no minimum, because you know when you're just starting out, it's really important to get some momentum going. It's really important to get those first couple bookings and those first couple reviews in, because the difference between a listing with zero reviews and a listing with two positive reviews is huge. People are very hesitant to book places without any reviews. So getting those first reviews in is essential to the long-term success of your Airbnb business. So my recommendations to Sima will be get over the hassle in, in the short term, bite the bullet, and accept the shorter stays as well. Once you've built a reputation on Airbnb and you're getting to almost full occupancy, then you can say, okay, you know what? Now I'm going to only do two stay two days or longer or three days or longer and see how it affects your your bookings and then you can choose whether the hassle is worth the extra money the extra bookings that you get glenn yeah, what yeah. what uh, what are your thoughts
1: yeah no just to echo what you said I, I couldn't agree more i think uh don't set up artificial barriers for yourself when you're getting started because those initial reviews are, are 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 key to 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 your ongoing success in you know in this person's uh, specific uh case though if if they're trying to convince their family and the family are the ones helping clean maybe that is having a factor in in his decision to only do 3 nights but remember too that you're you're likely collecting a cleaning fee on that one night stay you know that one night stay is replacing a zero night stay so you you know what uh, yeah it's you got to go in and clean but you're you're getting paid for it so i don't think airbnb penalizes the listings but it's exactly like you said if you know if someone puts in two days you're in in your location you're not going to show up so i think i would always lean towards doing a one day minimum just because uh it's easier it's more money for you and uh it's it's gonna uh increase your reviews and ratings and all that all that good stuff so i think I think your advice uh, jasper was spot on
0: awesome so if people have questions and you want us to discuss your question, then feel free to send an email to jesper at com or you can also just sign up for my newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com and then uh, you will automatically get those emails and you can respond to them. I hope this answers uh, your question, Simao. And that brings us to the end of the episode. So, Glenn, thank you very much for your input. It's always a pleasure to be talking to you.
1: Yes, thank you, uh, Jasper. And enjoy the rest of your time
0: in uh, Taipei. I certainly will. And good luck with everything that's happening at, uh, at Hostly. And of course, listeners, thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And we'll see you next time.
1: Get paid for your pet, Get paid for your pet for your pain